0: Forever (laughs) Canon, the podcast where we talk about how everybody dies sometime, okay? Everybody. Mm -hmm. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And disregarding that somber misleading note, this week on Forever Canon, we're here to talk about chapters 33 through 36 of Fate of the Jedi, book five. Allies by Christy Golden. The chapters in which the book ends. Yes. In several shocking fashions.
1: Yeah, it's definitely in style. Surprising. Yes.
0: Uh, for for being like, like the mid-transition point of the series, right? Their nine-book series that we've done back-to-back here. For being the fifth book, oh, I really wish now... Oh, I should have went back and looked at what <laughs> similarities there were thematically or plot-wise, to book five of the previous oh, okay. series. Come back next week for that. Because I'll include we'll some of that in the full book review. What
1: was the fifth book of the last series? Was that
0: um, I, I'm picturing like, Han and Leia on the cover. I'm picturing Thrak and Sel Solo getting murdered in his own office by Boba Fett. Because five <laughs> would have been Karen Travis. I'm right. Yes. Exile. I'm right. Yeah. I'm right. Sounds right. I'm waving my hand. I'm right. (laughs) (laughs) Regardless. I'm smacking the microphone. I'm right. But seriously, this book ended in several surprising ways and one completely unsurprising way.
1: Yeah, I had to go back a couple of times and reread to make sure what I had read actually was there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Please explain what you mean, Vaguely. (laughs) I
1: I read I read it was like one whole page. Did not believe what I had just read and reread the page.
0: Holy shit! Please yeah. tell me when we get to it. Absolutely. But first, bum bum bum. After our longest intro ever, previously on Forever Canon. Sinkhole Station is destroyed. Luke learns at the lake. Abeloth welcomes Dion home. And Grandmaster Skywalker recognizes Abeloth as Callista, and we start with chapter 33. Luke recognizes Abeloth as Callista, and Abeloth Callista says to Luke, "I knew you would know me. You have always been able to know me. You knew me when my very essence was part of a ship. You knew me when it was in a body that was not my own." And even now, even here, you know me. So, to answer our question from last episode, who the hell is Callista? Yeah. One in a many of a long line of lost loves of Luke Skywalker. A trope that pops up over and over in the series, most mm. recently. In the last nine book series with Lumaya making her comeback from, I don't know, the depths of the universe after being rejected by Luke Skywalker.
1: He has a thing for uh, bad guys, apparently.
0: He has a thing for people. He has a a savior complex. Yes. (laughs) I think is what you would call it. Yep. And um, here comes another blast from the past, one of his loves. They fell in love. Luke and Callista, when she was the ghost in the machine of the Eye of Palpatine, a giant mega super weapon dreadnought ship that apparently her Jedi spirit inhabited on purpose as a way to thwart the weapon. Yeah. So it could never be used.
1: She had such mastery over the Force that she could transfer her essence into the into the, the circuitry. Yeah, weird.
0: Where yep. have you ever heard that before? Not in our personal Star Wars two-man D&D game. <laughs> she also then inhabited the volunteer body of one of Luke's students. Yep. Which, to me, raises a lot of flags and questions. Why would Luke Skywalker allow one of his students to give his body up? Mm-hmm. Or her body, I should say. One or the other. To uh, force spirit at all. Why would you let somebody volunteer to give up themselves to death or obliteration or non-existence? Mm -hmm. Why would Luke Skywalker allow that to happen for someone to bring his girlfriend back from a ship's computer? Yeah. I don't know. That's its own separate question. But when when she comes back in this other person's body back in 1995, Children of the Jedi, and there was like a trilogy around that where Luke Skywalker goes to this ship called the Eye of the Palp, Eye of Palpatine. It's a super weapon must be destroyed. Much in the vein of a lot of the expanded universe right after the movies where it's like Death Star surrogate must be destroyed by Luke uh-huh. Skywalker. Yeah. Right? It's like pick your pick your <laughs> Power Rangers stand-in must <laughs> be beaten up by Luke and the Force. Yep. And so, <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that's, that's a good way. A stupid little analogy. And so, like I said, that raises a lot of questions. Why who would ever let somebody give up themselves to be inhabited by another spirit? But when this happens, she can only access the dark side of the force, Callista. And so they part ways. She runs away
1: to try and reclaim the f- her previous powers. Yeah. Somehow, she
0: can't touch the light side of the force, she can only touch the dark side of the force. Which I say this too much, but it's a very wheel of time sort of concept where there is a one true power and there are two sides of it. One can be manipulated by the women, one can be manipulated by the men. Just an interesting kind of uh, dichotomy of the same thing where like she can now only use one side of the power of mm-hmm. the force. Cool. That's what it reminded me of. But she runs away. And, well, that's definitely her, says Luke Skywalker. Weird for her to be here, but, oh, he's, like, tearing up. He, like, embraces her, gives her a hug and stuff. Until, about a page and a half later, quote, this being was not (laughs) (laughs) Callista," And I'm just like, this guy never knows nothing. After
1: going through all his memories and all these things. He's
0: like... Enraptured in the moment for a while, and then he remembers what Mara told him at the Lake of Apparitions, right? She's never what she seems. So she's definitely not actually Callista. And Luke decides there's only a thread left of Callista inside of this Abeloth that has absorbed her. That's n- there's not even anything to save. Yep. And so I don't know. I just start dying laughing at the fact this guy never knows anything. Everything he assumes is always wrong. Like, I, it sticks out again when they arrived at Dathomir and he's like, oh, this is where all the Sith are coming because Side." Yeah. No, man. <laughs> like, just, no. No. Nah. And I also like, you know, the way the formatting worked out for our podcast where we end up with this big cliffhanger. <laughs> on the last episode where I will like I my name is Callista and Luke goes, "Oh my god, I know who you are, right?" Yeah. And then like two pages later, page and a half later, it's not it's not her. It's a, it's it's a good fake out for the trope that has been lived so many times of Luke Skywalkers ex-girlfriend coming back from the past to haunt him yeah. in the present, right? It's it's a really good Short mislead. I didn't need that to be long. I didn't no. need that to be tricky for too long. Have it be a little thing. And then he realizes it right and we move on. And it's definitely not Callista. It's definitely Avaloth. It's a nice little use of that character, though, who originated in 1995 and Children of the Jedi, as I've said so many times, and probably called it Fate of the Jedi so many times because how many books are of the Jedi? All of them, technically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's from 1995 and then Karen Travis had retcon inserted her into the clone wars. Yeah. She was a Jedi who went, uh, she she went on missions with Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka during the clone wars. And so I don't know if we've talked about this yet, but like, I don't really know the, the author publisher history around these series. Like, it seems though like Karen Travis was supposed to kind of carry forward it from the last series into this one where it's full of Mandos. hmm And uh, I don't, I, shit, I can't think of the other, <laughs> I, had, I had other connections off the top of my head earlier. I didn't write them down, but also then for this character to have been maybe part of the plan or maybe not, maybe this is Christy golden just writing in a nod to her fellow female ass kicking author you know who was who was in the military and was a reporter in the military and uh, is a certified true badass yes who for whatever reason isn't in that second slot in this series like she was in the yeah. last either way really cool callback to a Karen Travis b the clone wars and c a character that originated for us now 25 years ago
1: yeah and it could could be she before she got into this, she was a fan of those books and she pulled a character that she liked.
0: Dude, that's a really interesting point. And she's
1: just like, yeah. you know what? I want to find a way. And she worked it out that she's part of this character is still here, but right. definitely absorbed. Only a threat
0: of her. Yeah. Nothing worth say Not worth sa- Nothing to save. Yes. Uh, materially, according to Luke. And then I'm wondering, like, also... This must be here on purpose. If we're having this quick callback and fake out, mm-hmm. why? Not, it's not... Okay, why? We've answered that question for for the reader. Why for the reader are you doing that? Yeah. Because it's it's interesting. It's connective tissue. It's everything we love about Star Wars, right? Retconning characters into places where you never knew they were. Yeah. And they always have been, right? Or you may hate that about Star Wars, but... What does it mean in the context of the story, of the plot, when Ben Skywalker is sitting there watching his dad interacting with this evil old love? Yeah. And he's going through his own crisis of conscience, falling in love with a Sith. It's got to be there on purpose. Yeah. is he's sitting there watching. Everybody's watching. It's just Luke and Abeloth, not Callista. Mm-hmm.
1: but yeah well, and and how they don't go into how long this this brief moment is because in Beyond Shadows, uh, I, an hour beyond Shadows can take days or seconds.
0: And mm-hmm. later on, the Sith and Ben all kind of say they were like sort of frozen, yes, in that moment, right? where seemingly abaloth stopped time to try to, to to try to seduce luke skywalker mm-hmm. into becoming a, another thread in her weave of whatever she is yeah i don't know but she's not callista <laughs> abaloth is Abeloth. and abaloth wants to keep luke skywalker forever surprise surprise yeah right uh Also, surprise, surprise, he refuses.
1: Yeah, she turns into Tentacle Gross Lady. She resumes
0: monster (laughs) form. Yeah. And says in three voices at once.
1: Yeah, terrifying.
0: Then you doom all you love, Luke Skywalker. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. There have been some pretty solid horror elements. Horror elements, to be clear, throughout this, this book especially. But, like. Very she is very unsettling, yeah, and well described as such, you know that simple touch of we we know uh, I don't know what we know about her, but we've seen her absorbing energy from Dion's dad, we've seen her changing appearance, we've seen her presenting this slice of Luke's lost love what <laughs> is She, and what is she capable of? And I guess more importantly, what a nice representation of how fluid she is to have her horrifyingly speak in three voices at once. Your doom, et cetera, et cetera, right? Man, that is a really cool writing technique, or that's a really... Strong choice.
1: Yeah, it definitely puts... It definitely portrays the feeling effectively to us as the reader of... shit's, this is not good.
0: And, in that moment, focuses us into what's about to go down. Mm-hmm. She is shifting from seductress to destroyer. Yeah. And we've seen what she did with Sinkhole Station. <laughs> So here's Luke and Ben and three other Sith. Good luck to them. Luke Skywalker refuses to join her for eternity. But it turns out Appaloth is so focused on Luke that she fails to notice hundreds of Sith doing the Dathomiri web control thing. Yes. Yay, book four callback. <laughs> yeah. It mattered. <laughs> it so, did. Something that happened on Dathomir Mattered for a minute here. But she's so focused on Luke Skywalker that she's caught by surprise by hundreds of Sith weaving the force together. Yeah. The same,
1: I... She's well, she's focused on him, and she is also stopping the other four that are there and shooting sure. whatever yeah, she's time, doing to I them. guess
0: right. Yeah, you're right. She's like She's got a time stop spell going. She's already got a concentration spell. Yeah, she's in the middle of a conversation yeah. with Luke Skywalker. Yeah, you're right. I guess it's more valid than it seems, but like, it does sort of belittle her omniscience. That yeah, I'm sort of used to.
1: Or, it speaks more to it because the Dathomiri, the the Knight Sisters, are so rudimentary in their Force use that it's almost beneath her
0: notice. Maybe. Yeah, but it's not, it's not, it's a Dathomir technique, but it's being used by the Sith, who are also rudimentary at it, having just learned it, I guess. But yeah, yeah maybe it's such a like small, subtle thing, it doesn't kick her spidey sense off or whatever. Like, I don't know.
1: It, it took them a while to realize that that's what they were doing when they were on Dathomir, too. Well, I so guess that's true. It is, it is like a so subtle, like a subtle thing, thing until it's like
0: too late, it, till and it's too working. far, yeah. and too far in place, right? Well, now Abeloth is mad that she sees all these Sith and all this happening. She should be embarrassed. hmm So she goes to attack, but not Luke. And we cut to Christy Golden doing the goddamn thing and connecting all the dots from the past to the present. Listen and learn how it's done. Jaina Solo encounters ship. ...in the space above Abaloth's planet. Jaina could feel it. Ship. The Sith training vessel Ben had once piloted... ...that he had found on Zyos and had awakened from its centuries of slumber. The vessel she, Jag, and Zek had encountered not so long ago on Lumaya's asteroid. The vessel Zek had sent away from a with instructions to find a better master... Come on. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. That is world building. You know, like the world is already built, but reinforce the fact that it exists. Yeah. Don't just have Jaina be like, oh, I remember that thing. Specifically tell me as maybe a new reader to this series and having not dug into the last one. Tell me exactly how she knows what this thing is. Yes. Tell me how the past connects to the present. And in this Legends catalog of 100-plus books, that matters, man. Mm-hmm. That is powerful writing. Maybe just for me, a big old fan of Fate of the Jedi <laughs> and Legacy of the Force, but to have Jaina look at the ship and go, Ben woke it up on Zyost and used to pilot it. We ran into it in Lumaya's asteroid, and Lemarar wanted to control it, and Zex said, no. Like, those are three (laughs) very, very pivotal interactions that quickly are tossed out there to connect us to the moment that's about to happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, how it came to be in the story, Yeah, where she met it, and where it had exited the story for X amount of time.
0: And she even describes Ship again, because he has exited the story for large chunks of the time throughout the last two series. We get another description of it. A giant yellow orange eye. veiny, Four spikes. Bat wings. Mm -hmm. It's been a minute. Yep. Jaina and her stealth ex. With Rowdy the comedy bot in the background now. (laughs) I like that little. (laughs) It's pretty good. The astromech, I love him. Now, okay. What What is this little detail supposed to tell us about Jaina's psychology right now? How overwhelmed is she that she needs a joke from a droid? Because she purposely, you know, whatever, she refitted the droid's memory and she put in a a a a, a, a sense like of
1: a, humor chip. A, a, a sarcasm algorithm. <laughs>
0: and I just, why? why? <laughs> this is so not like Jaina to turn a mission into a, a joke, into a mockery. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, to uh, to her, I don't I don't know why. What is this desperate need for levity that she has now decided to rewire her droid, rename it, and give it jokes?
1: Yeah, she did have uh, her last astromech. Um, Squeaker was a little
0: was a little lippy. Was a little lippy too. But this is like I guess maybe she liked that. Well, that's the thing. Hold on, it's not her last astromech. This is the same guy.
1: Well, she just reprogrammed him, she
0: reprogrammed him, and she specifically said she renamed him. Oh, yes. So, first of all, that's weird.
1: <laughs> yeah. You take
0: this entity that you personify and ascribe a name to, and then you're like, nah, erase all that, and make them different. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't, okay, whatever, right? But why? Why does she now what I, I I'm not against it. I yeah. think Rowdy's great and his couple little quips in this are fucking brilliant. But I'm just asking myself why from Jaina's perspective. Mm-hmm. Cuz it's so very much feels like something she wouldn't really do. But then again, like you said, squeaker was like 4 out of 10 and then she and killed the, her brother. And this guy <laughs> <laughs> and then she divorced her fiance. Yeah. And then she ran out to the black holes to save her uncle. She yeah. She's
1: about and... extremist going on here.
0: Well, I don't know. What? Whatever. We like rowdy. Okay? Yeah. Nothing Rowdy's rowdy. great. But Jaina, in her stealth axe with the comedy bot, exchanges mental jousts with ship, who tells her, "You can't control me. Abeloth is way stronger than you. Don't even bother." So Jaina opens fire.
1: Yep. Uh, let's go of a shadow bomb towards this thing. A force controlled missile.
0: Yes. That's not, it's not lit. It's not propelled. It's, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a quiet thing in the force and well ship of course avoids it.
1: Yeah. Redirects it off into nowhere because he
0: also has the force. Duh. Cut to Abeloth <laughs> raging. Do I mean partying? No. Do I mean like grog the barbarian? Yes. Yep. Abeloth attacks Luke by attacking Ben by attacking Vistara. Mm-hmm. Follow that. <laughs> little step of logic. Attacking right? Luke's. She's like, ter- I know. Tertiarily. What... Like, <laughs> <laughs> we don't get the insight in her mind, but Luke goes, I know exactly who she's going to attack. And she goes to attack Ben. And then Ben is next to Vistara, and she must sense how much he cares about that. So she switches gears and she picks the little Sith girl up out of the air. With her tentacles. Wraps her up in thorns. Vistara tries to force lightning. That gets bent back on her like some freaky magnetic field. Yep. And turns out Vistara is no match for a <laughs> Surprise. She gets reverse lightninged, poison thorn stabbed. And Ben ends up sidelined with the maybe dying Vistara, who tells him when he tries to leave, Poison.
1: Yeah, she's like gasping for air.
0: And since she's been here before and fought the plants, Ben's like, I bet she knows, I bet I stay with her. And then he doesn't really try to do anything while he's staying with her. I noticed that. Right. Why? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what, what training you have in healing in the force or whatever, but like, he's literally just, maybe he's panicking because Ben Skywalker has never been in love before. And his love has never been threatened with death before. Yeah. And so here he is in a pile on the floor next to his pile of a Sith girlfriend who's telling him I'm po- being poisoned to death. And he just kind of sits there. It's okay. It's okay. Everything's going to, he's just yeah. trying to, he's trying to placate her.
1: And pre- yeah. And previously when she got lifted up, all he did, he tried to cut some of the vines, but he was just yelling her name again and again.
0: Desperation. Yeah. Right. Which is not something that we see from Ben Skywalker. Ben, other than the occasional outburst of rage against maybe your cousin who's been torturing you, Mm -hmm. he's normally pretty level-headed when he's in combat. Yeah. And so for him to be this emotionally overwhelmed to the point of doing very little, I don't know if he's going to reflect on that later and be like, oh, I didn't even really do that much. I was so worried about Vistara. And she's like, poison, poison, but hey. Ben ends up sitting on the side while Talon, Gavarkai, and Luke battle Abeloth. She's tricky. So tricky that Gavarkai strikes at Luke? Mm Mm-hmm. She ain't that tricky. Ben sees this for what it is. It's a classic Sith betrayal. Yep. Oh. And what does he immediately suspect? This little fucker. Has no poison in her, does she? She's faking it. She kept me out of the fight so the Sith could outnumber my dad two to one and try to kill him. And we cut to Jaina discovering that ship is also tricky because it has a 360 degree field of fire. And we cut to Ben launching into Gavar Kai because Legacy of the Force book one betrayal. Mm Mm-hmm. The Sith had betrayed them. Vistara had used her injury to try to play on his feelings for her. To keep him out of the way while her father attacked his. Out of the corner of his eye, he could see Talon and the other remaining Sith using the force net technique. Not to try to stifle Abeloth's powers, but to try to trap the now seriously struggling Abeloth. So... The Sith are not trying to destroy Abeloth like mm-hmm. Luke's got. They're trying to catch her.
1: Trying to put her in a cage. Keep her. Yeah, that's a good idea.
0: Oh, that's very scary proposition to me at the moment of reading this and in this fight. Yeah. Oh my God. You're not focusing every bit of energy you have on beating this opponent. It's like you're a team. And one of you is trying to win, and one of you is trying to tie. Yes. And if you tie, the consequences are, I don't know. What happens if you catch Abaloth?
1: Yeah, it's like trying to put a hurricane into a cage.
0: How long does it stay between the bars? Yeah. Very scary. But Abaloth does a big zap. Everybody kind of goes, I don't know, out of focus or unconscious for a moment. Yeah, they go
1: flying for a second. she disappears.
0: Forcing the Sith and Skywalkers back to working together somehow. After moments ago, Gavar Kai was legitimately trying to kill Luke. And Ben then tried to kill Vistara's dad, Gavar
1: Kai. And holding his own against a Sith saber. Hey,
0: how about that?
1: Yeah, I like that.
0: Ben Skywalker ain't no joke.
1: He went, Gavar went from looking all smug. To actually looking concerned that he could die. Yeah.
0: And then Abelok bamfed and now we're all back to being a team.
1: Yeah. Because out of necessity.
0: (laughs) Well, they all run out of the cave that they're fighting her in to find her feeding on Dion Stat again. Trying to recover her energy. Sucking the gold dust out of his face. (laughs) If you've ever been a fan of Dustin Reynolds... Let me know, Runnels. Sorry. What's his real name? Yeah, Dustin Runnels, right? Yeah, I think so. Right. Yeah. I think I remember my mid-90s WWF trivia.
1: Yeah, yeah. I knew him definitely as Goldust, but Is all
0: of this me stalling because I can't remember where I am on the page? (laughs) No, it's not. They run out of the cave to find her feeding on Dion again. So Luke stabs Dion with his lightsaber. Because it was really Abeloth. Because she's tricky. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Her, her eyes turn into those
0: black with the pinprick of light in them. The silver, yeah. And uh, she sets up the scene where it looks like she's on top of Dion. Absorbing his life force. Mm-hmm. But really, she's on the bottom. And Luke Skywalker sees through this because he remembers Mara's message from the lake. She's never what she seems to be. Well, he stabs Abeloth through the chest with his lightsaber and then says definitively, quote, she's dead. Yeah. Just like that?
1: Halfway through the series? Battle, battle, battle. Oh, we killed the big bad lady.
0: Also, Dang. not even battle, battle, battle. It was a page and a half of Ben watching them fight her. Yes, we didn't really have first-person perspective of battling against Abeloth, really. We watched... We had her trying to seduce Luke it through mm-hmm. Luke's first-person perspective. And Throw she goes to attack Ben. And then Ben is watching her attack Vistara, and then watching the Sith and Jedi attack Abeloth, and then watching Gavarkai attack Luke. It's not... Yeah, no. So, so, so we our halfway through a nine book series, we just killed off the biggest, most ancient, most powerful thing you've ever heard of in your life. And we did it through a second person perspective.
1: Yeah. No, that didn't make sense. Third person. Third person. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, hand is what, is what I meant. Yeah. Secondhand experience. Um, what? The most, Powerful un understandable thing that we've ever encountered in the galaxy gone in a page and a half of indirect story and then a lightsaber through her chest in a misdirect yep, and it's over and Luke this is Skywalker the part- <laughs> pronounces she's dead,
1: and this is the part that I reread because <laughs> I didn't believe it. <laughs> Like, no, no. Uh, I, I must shit. have missed a line or something, so I went back and read
0: it again, and no, 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 and he definitively says, quote, she's dead. So pretty anticlimactic kill shot for the big boss, eh? It left me a little uh
1: not not I didn't feel like after I read this and she's dead. I didn't feel, like, let down. Satisfied, I, uh, Well, I didn't feel okay. that way. I felt suspicious as to, okay, what? What is worse now?
0: Can I affirm your suspicions with my own suspicions? And Luke Skywalker is the one who tells us she's dead. And that fucking guy <laughs> is always wrong. And he don't know nothing about nothing. So... I am also suspicious yeah. to be perfectly honest. Like that was lackluster. If it's an ending for this major villain, that was so frantic and hard to track. Mm-hmm. And it was also unfulfilling.
1: And the perspective was wrong. It's not like when Jason got killed by Jaina, th- th- Where we were... It was Jason and Jaina... Or Tahiri
0: by Peleon. I mean, reverse that.
1: Yep. Or...
0: Where we're usually watching...
1: all of those. We're
0: watching a battle through the eyes of one person involved in the battle. Yep. Not watching other people fight and being like, whoa. (laughs) 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 Or being like, it's gonna be okay. Vastara, Vastara." Yeah. Whatever he's doing, right? Uh, What the fuck? I feel so rug pulled yeah either (laughs) either i'm rug pulled because this is she dead Mm -hmm. and i thought this was going to be a bigger deal all the way through all this time this massive mystery of her and and so on right Mm -hmm. either i'm tricked on that level or she ain't dead and i don't get it and where is she and i'm tricked yeah (laughs) yeah but you're so right the way that the uh, that the way that this death was constructed, super suspicious, very, very indirect.
1: Yeah, just wrong feeling <laughs> about it.
0: And also to constantly be saying over and over again, she's never what she seems. She's never what she seems until she's dead.
1: Yeah, compounded and, and with the we she's terrible, her, right? And then yeah. we
0: trust. I don't know, man. Chapter 34. Yeah, you heard it here. 34 minutes of one chapter. Oh, wow. Chapter 34. Above Avaloth's planet. Where Jaina, Sword of the Jedi, super pilot veteran of several wars, is being absolutely demolished by (laughs) ship. It's not close. No. It's not. A bit. Not a bit close. The weapons keep moving. She's trying to outmaneuver where the weapons are, and the weapons move to wherever she goes because that's how this ship works. Mm-hmm. Amazing, amazing construct, incredible weapon, right? She's losing until ship suddenly runs away.
1: Yeah, just pieces out, heads Yay! off into space,
0: gone. As we've seen him do like four fucking times. Yeah. <laughs> he just takes off into space by himself at at the first opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, and he's not interested in
1: fighting. He's a training vessel.
0: And he's interested in the Sith. Yes. And Vistara told us He didn't feel very good about serving Abeloth. Mm-hmm. So now. Abeloth is dead and zoom zoom because no more master get the hell away from here as fast as possible yeah we cut to the Asylum block of the Jedi Temple where I'm realizing there's a lot of weird typos in my copy because Asylum Mm -hmm. is uh, misspelled A-S-Y-L-Y-M I've had Dion Stad's name spelled wrong. Chapter 34, the second heading. You go ahead and look for it. Yeah, I'm going to look for it. Is yours Legends? No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, then we have the same book. Yeah. But lots of weird typos in this book. And here in the asylum block of the Jedi Temple, Silgall is visiting the crazies for sedative time. It's time. You know, they're always trying to scratch their own eyes out or break their fingernails on the cement walls or smash all the data pads with their faces and stuff. It's time to go give them their sedatives, but they're
1: not
0: crazy.
1: Yeah, they're very docile. Uh, Was it uh, so Sar? Fa-Sar? Yeah, he's uh, he's
0: reading. He's reading about the uprisings on Klaatuin, where mm-hmm. he's from because he's a Chev. And he's very happy about people gaining their freedom. And he's like, I'll be happy to do any tests you want. And he stands there and waits and Silgall realizes he's waiting to be handcuffed or something restrained to be transported for the test. He's not crazy anymore. And this was a silly move
1: on her part, which I probably would have just handcuffed the guy. She's like, no, you're not going to be restrained. Just come with me.
0: Yeah. And it specifically says like, she turned around and started walking away and she felt, the knife in her back, or something like that. Yeah, she's waiting. <laughs> A tingle for the... in the middle of the of yeah. her back. Yeah, she's waiting for the crazy to go back crazy, but they're not crazy. No, because Abeloth is dead. Cut to Hamner is happy. Yeah. Cut to Ben back on Abeloth's planet, saying, "Now what?" Yeah. Abeloth's dead. Now what? Also, no location title for this big ass jump. No. We jump from Coruscant halfway across the universe right here. Galaxy, excuse me. Anyways, but we're back at the mall yep. on Abeloth Planet. Now what? Well, it turns out, even with Abeloth dead, the alliance between the Jedi and the Sith is not over. There's all those places beyond shadows that Luke thinks have a real life manifestation. Yes. Also, what was Abeloth? We need to work together to explore this planet and understand what this threat was. It's not enough that the threat be dead. Mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker said, she's dead. So now what? Now we continue the alliance to work together across this planet to solve the mystery of what this super ancient powerful being was. Yeah. What what
1: absorbed his ex girlfriend kind right. of deal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. But we must change the terms of the alliance. Yes. Your one thousand plus Sith, get
1: out of here. Yeah, they're gone.
0: And Jane and Lando will leave too. <laughs> okay. And Talon and Gavarkai agree to this new alliance. This adjusted alliance. Pray I I don't alter the terms any further. Terrible terrible Darth Vader impression that I wasn't ready to do. But, got it. Almost got it. But here we are, as with the Sith. I just punched that screen so high somehow. I barely touched anything. Yeah. Alright, fuck this little moth. The thing is... With the Sith, the conditions are always changing, right? Mm -hmm. And so what's best for Luke Skywalker in this situation? To still keep working with the Sith? Or to tell them all to leave?
1: Well, I think if he told them all to leave, they wouldn't, and they would have just brought all their Sith down to kill him.
0: Right. This is, like, his only option, right? Yeah. Is to keep the Alliance alive... For the next hour or so till all the other thousand Sith leave and now you're on even footing or something because the people on the planet Ben and Luke versus Talon and Kai and very wounded Vistara. Mm -hmm. I got my money on the Jedi and
1: even Luke does too. Yeah, he's like has a good clip. Yeah, he said, oh yeah, we'll keep this lens going and then there'll be three of you and two of us doesn't seem very fair. For For you. you. (laughs) (laughs) Right. right. (laughs) Freaking guy. Just, even though it's, he's getting, it looks like they have the better end of the deal. He's like, yeah, no, you don't. I'm better than you. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Little hubris there, Luke. And now Luke and Talon and Kai and Ben and Dion and Trader Vistara.
1: They have a lot of work to do. Who Ben is super pissed at.
0: Well, I guess Luke and Talon and Gavarkai have a lot of work to do because they send Ben back to the Shadow to put Dion, Stad and Vestara in the med bay. Mm-hmm. And yes, Ben Skywalker is being repeatedly betrayed by this young woman that he wants to love and trust. Mm-hmm. It just keeps happening. In small ways, this one was not a small No,
1: way. this was. This could have killed his dad.
0: Yeah. And let's see the follow from that, I guess, is going to be the most important thing over the next four books because Zabaloth is dead.
1: Yeah, because the first thing he did was he he picked up Dion, looked at Vastar and said, You look good enough to walk. Let's go. Doesn't yeah. even show any concern. To be
0: fair, though, she didn't get her life sucked out of her by Abeloth. She just twice. got thorned and stuffed. Yeah, twice. <laughs> twice. You're already an empty corn husk, and somebody comes and peels another couple fibers off you. But I, don't, I don't know. Uh, something's fishy here. Mm-hmm. Something is real weird. Why are we staying on Abeloth's planet? Why are we staying with the Sith? Why are we, why are we, why are we?
1: And it sounds like they're going to go beyond shadows again, which is risky business.
0: Are they, or or are they going to find the places oh, yeah. on they, the planet physically? Yeah, could you find both. the physical manifestation? Maybe yeah. you do the thing to find the thing,
1: right? You look like a...
0: Yeah, you peek through the window.
1: Oh, oh that's what it looks like? Okay, let's go find it. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Maybe. But I don't know what they're going to be up to. But we cut to inside... High Lord Talon's head mm-hmm. where during that time she was trying to seduce Luke Skywalker she had everybody time stopped and tripping balls <laughs> yep. she tortured Sarasu Talon with his greatest fear and he assumes that's what happened to everybody who else had been stuck there Ben didn't mention that though
1: either, and there was no cut to Gavarkai or Vastar either
0: No, nope. but High Lord Talon has faced his greatest fear, which is, of course, exactly the fate he watched befall, fall. Yes. In, in the Lake of Apparitions. His greatest fear is everyone he's ever betrayed coming back to destroy him. And what is this telling us? Why are we cutting into the High Lord's head all of a sudden? To get this tidbit of information of, wow, it was so bad to live the consequences of the way I've lived my life.
1: Yeah. And, he, and when he comes out of his remembering of this, he's got Kai talking to him saying, hey, hi, Lord. And he's like, can't show any weakness. Can't show to anyone yeah, ever. Any
0: single mistake I ever make will be my fucking foot in the lake. Yeah. Ooh, that rhymed. I didn't mean it to. But why are we being told that that is the greatest fear of the greatest Sith? To show us a way out for somebody else, mm-hmm. maybe?
1: That's what I'm thinking.
0: It ain't for him. Well, what? Like, it, like, we're not learning this information about him for him. No. We're learning this for someone else.
1: That, and uh, what I just thought of was... He's seeing that all of his betrayals, all of these things will be his downfall. So maybe it will flip his switch.
0: And also comes with the added weight of necessary perfection. Yes. Because any opportunity that you give to anybody in this society that we've built can be your downfall, can be your death. Yeah, Never they, mind downfall, your death. They the will,
1: they will cut you out and take your place and you will become irrelevant because you made a mistake.
0: Worse than irrelevant. You'll be dead. Yes. And turns out being dead is really the greatest fear. Yeah. And so maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe, eh, maybe this is some sort of revelation that leads to a revolution in the way that high Lord Sarah runs the entire lost tribe of the Sith. Maybe we dial back on the backstabbing a little bit. A little bit? A little bit. (laughs) Well, you can still backstab the biff. They're not Sith. Yeah. But maybe we dial that back a little bit. More rhyming. And find a way to permanently coexist as allies? Mm Mm-hmm. Because how many Jedi do you think there are? Not
1: thousands. Um. spread over the whole galaxy. I think the number is mm, in the hundreds. Yeah.
0: And I, w- I think like mid to low hundreds.
1: Yeah, I would say like, even if if you take into account the masters, the apprentices, the knights, and even the the younglings and Padawans, right? Yeah. Maybe.
0: Which essentially half of those ranks are useless. Yeah. Right.
1: Maybe you're hitting six, seven hundred with all of them.
0: Sure. I think that's, I think even that's a big estimate because... Just thinking of how many masters there are. A dozen? A dozen uh, that
1: sit on the council, yeah.
0: Yeah, but how many masters I can think of. I'm not just thinking of the council. Like like a dozen and a half Jedi masters right now. And let's assume they've all trained one or two people to knighthood. Mm-hmm. Which then gives us a hundred knights and a dozen and a half masters and then the rest are fucking useless Yeah, completely useless are padawan useless. and under <laughs> yeah. so you might have 150 200 jedi against 1000 plus sith in the sky
1: yeah what did they say at the in the first first book 5000 something like that citizens yeah yeah. but
0: just here in the mall with luke the, skywalker the, this is, this... on the battleships ready for action 1000 yeah plus And so, why are we being told that High Lord Talon is having this come to realization moment of like, I've lived my life wrong? Yeah, that's (laughs) interesting. Yeah. And we cut to. I'm excited. Ben tells Jaina that Luke wants her to go home. Mm -hmm. They've got a new deal with the Sith, and she actually listens. Growth. Here's a question. What the fuck did Jaina do in this book?
1: She fought the ship.
0: She was a judge. Yep. We'll get to that next week. Mm-hmm. Chapter 35. Yeah. Doll is staring out her window, reflecting on her love of efficiency and order, which is weird because you hired Mandalorians to keep your order.
1: And didn't even give them orders to do it. They just said just to handle it how you want.
0: Yeah, you hired the people that murdered someone on the steps of the Jedi Temple. Order and efficiency. As she's staring out the window, thinking about how she's going to control all this chaos. Oh, that's what I was saying. Something about that. Oh, fuck. She knows all their neighbors. We'll just cut that. As she's staring out the window, imagining how she's going to control all this chaos with efficiency and order, she has a visitor. Mm-hmm. Admiral Nekbuatu arrives for dinner and drinks, and well, you know, mm-hmm. and to hear about how all these beings overthrowing slavery across the galaxy is bad timing for me, Natasi Dalla, the chief of state of the Galactic Alliance. Because it makes it look like everything is in chaos. Yeah. And she's in this mode of trying to gain control over the Jedi. Because they are chaos. And if the rest of the galaxy looks like it's plunging into chaos, she looks worse. She looks like she's losing. She loses her footing and her upper-handedness. What's that called? Leverage. Mm-hmm. In every situation.
1: Sounds a little like Jason trying to keep control over everything. Didn't
0: it so much in this chapter? Yes. Where all she's talking about is, not all, so strictly focused on order and chaos, order and chaos. Yes. Yeah
1: control but i'm not the emperor i am not a dictator and i'm
0: not a bad person if i send mandalorians to these planets to keep slavery intact just for now
1: yeah it's been there forever this is a
0: bad time for revolution (laughs) okay it's not good for me right now as says every person in a position of power ever when the people beneath them ask for more you know what ask me later it's a bad time. I got this Jedi thing going on right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. When things calm down, then come do that later. There
0: is no convenient time for revolution, baby! Nope. Also, Dalla... Dalla? Dala mm-hmm. tells us. She's still haunted by Nyathal's chilling suicide note.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which, at the time when we read it, we were like, oof and woof. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like... That was hard, that hurt, that was cold, that was sad. It was all kinds of all kinds of emotions. And to quote it again, the part that still haunts Dalla was the ending. The Mm sign-off. This has been done with honor, without error, and by my choosing. Dolla's all also encompassed in this idea of all the people that we've lost along the way, mm-hmm. all the characters that have died off in the name of justice or 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 pursuing the order over the chaos, whatever it may be, you know, from <laughs> from whatever her husband boyfriend had been back at the time to Pelion in the most recent loss, big loss for the Empire, you know, Jason's gone, Anakin's gone. Over and over, over and over, it's loss and loss and loss and less important people to her existing in the galaxy. She's reflecting during this chapter on loss through the lens of the order and chaos that she's talking about through the window. Yeah. What she's really talking about is how everybody dies. Yeah especially in the service to the Galactic Alliance or to the military or whatever chosen path that these people are walking, they're all being taken away often too early. Nihal.
1: Yeah, they're not dying of old age. They're not they're dying in normally some sort of violent means.
0: And normally in pursuit of what they think is right. Mm-hmm. So few people die doing the wrong thing on purpose. Yeah. From, from their perspective anyways. Right. So yeah. But everybody keeps dying around her and all of her life leading up to this point. And we cut to Admiral Boatu sneaking out of Dalla's bed at 3am to go call Kent Hamner from his own offices because this news of Dala quashing rebellions with Mandalorians is bad news. It's a bad move. It's bad politics. It's bad military strategy. He sneaks out of Dala's bed to go call the Jedi Grandmaster. Yeah. Never mind all this running around behind her back, he's been doing with the freedom flight that we saw him meeting up with Maudy Vaunt and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Who she hates.
1: Yep. This is like, he's like a triple agent. He is hardcore
0: <laughs> and he's doing it all in service to his oath of crevy. Yep. Which is to the betterment of the galactic Alliance for the greater purpose of everyone involved. His pursuit is not his own selfish goals. Like bringing the Jedi under heel because I'm the chief of state. Mm-hmm. His goals are not control the order and chaos. Cause I fear for my daughter and her future. His goals are always to his oath that he swore as a uh, as a Bothan Admiral.
1: Yeah. It's regardless of his feelings, he is the one person, including in in the Jedi, that is really doing things for the right reasons
0: for maybe not for the right reasons, but for the galactic Alliance.
1: Yes. Yeah. For so many people, at least selfish. Yeah.
0: So many people involved in the galactic Alliance are working. Yeah. For their own selfish ends. Yes. But him, Windorvin, maybe there's a, a few pieces mm-hmm. that are just neutral mm-hmm. working for the good. So he sneaks out of Doll's bed and he starts walking the pedwalks home. And immediately I started flashing back to the last series where also this series, what happens every time one of our characters is walking on one of these pedestrian walkways up in the skies, they <laughs> fucking get attacked. Yeah, Whether it's Mandalorians with jetpacks, whether it's people hiding in the bushes with listening dishes, getting their heads cut off by other Luke Skywalker's old girlfriends. Yeah. Anytime somebody walks out onto the sidewalk, <laughs> shit goes down. Or when they're alone. Also that That's- at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Admiral Boatu. Hey dude, shouldn't you have an entire retinue of closed lip security that aren't going to talk about you and Dala doing the whatever, whatever. Shouldn't you have an Sire staff of security.
1: She definitely should.
0: Well, he doesn't. And on his way home, he's attacked by two people pretending to be Jedi. And his name is spelled wrong in the process. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> One of them missed a U or something like that. Uh,
1: I did not notice.
0: Yep. And uh, as he's fighting off these pretending Jedi, he realizes that they're not Jedi he realizes that they're pretending because there's no way he should even have stood a chance for this amount of time against two real Jedi. But one of them has a green lightsaber and cuts his arm off. Mm -hmm. And so he grabs that amputated arms hand, which holds the blaster and he squeezes his living finger over his dead finger (laughs) and blows the fake Jedi's face to smithereens Mm -hmm. Who then falls on top of Buatu with his green lightsaber through his guts. Yeah. And that was all
1: he knew. And then there was darkness. All he knew. You, you got the exact line. <laughs>
0: just... Which I'm surprised. surprised that I remembered. <laughs> that was off the top of my head. But he, he dies with a, a fake Jedi on top of him. And a green lightsaber in his belly, and hey, how do you think this is gonna go over with his girlfriend?
1: Oh yeah, she is gonna go ballistic.
0: Chief of State Dala, who has spent five books overreaching to bring the Jedi under control because they're losing their minds and they're untrustworthy, and they're a rogue uh, organization who's not doesn't have any answering authority in the Galactic Alliance. Well, now it seems, according to Boatu's dying thoughts, that somebody is framing the Jedi for his murder.
1: I bet you those Mandos are going to get sent in. She's just going to call the sent head Mando. Sent in everywhere. <laughs> yeah, just...
0: She might burn down Boathui. <laughs> <laughs> Just for fun. Just because. Cuz I never want to see another one that reminds me of my like who knows. Yeah. how crazy she's going to go. And here's the other question. Mm. Given the conversation that she's had previously with Jag when he was trying to get her to pick a different judge for the Tahiri trial. The conversation they had was Jag said, "Hey, you know people outside of you and the Jedi are making this conflict with you and the Jedi worse, right? And she said, I don't fucking care. Yeah. I hate the Jedi. I'm going to get them under control. How much do you think she's going to care that these aren't real Jedi? How much do you think she'll care versus how much she can seize this opportunity to, as you said, just send the Mandalorians right into the temple again?
1: Yeah, and it won't be... But. It won't matter what any of the Jedi... Those with aren't a, Jedi. Those aren't Jedi. With a much
0: matter. different purpose this time. Oh, yeah.
1: It'll be kill them all.
0: It'll be kill them all. Yeah. Bad news for Freedom Flight, too.
1: Yeah. They lost the leader.
0: Which, ironically, is good news for Dalla. Yes. Chapter 36. The trial of Tahiri Vela. With new evidence being introduced by the prosecution... The recorded conversations she had with Admiral Galad Pelion in the moments right before murdering the 92-year-old man. Tahiri trying to convince Pelion to turn over the Empire to Jason's attack on Fondor. Pelion's refusal and the blaster shot that followed. It's such a chilling callback to that scene from... Legacy of the Force, Revelation.
1: Yeah, and it goes through her emotions and what she's feeling like as a, like an outsider. Two
0: and a half years after the fact.
1: Yeah, right. It's how she's like right back there, like like a PTSD feeling almost. And I actually I had the same kind of feeling of right. like going back and in reading that again. Just it being was
0: shocked all over again. And yeah, it was very it was, intense.
1: Yeah, like uh, like a visceral. Heavy deal to it
0: and the people in the that's reflected in the jury Mm -hmm. right where they're like gasping and covering their mouths and shooting eye daggers at her they're furious
1: Mm
0: -hmm. part of it being admiral pelion was an upstanding respected man part of it being as tahiri notes mentally this whole trial has been spent convincing the jury that she's not as bad as it sounds And then they hear as bad as it sounds.
1: Yep. She, she did. It wasn't a go kill this guy. And so she did it. She spoke for, it was a negotiation. Yep.
0: It was a conversation and it was a cold blooded murder. The recording ends. And even though it's obvious, old Gil knew he was being recorded During his dying moments. And that raises it's own questions. Of legitimacy in the court. Disregard that. Mm -hmm. Because Tahiri knew. Quote. It was over. It was all. Over. And just like that. So is. Fate of the Jedi. Book five. Allies. Those are the closing words of the book. It was over. It was all over. How many things can we apply that to in throughout this book itself, throughout this story? Ben and Vistara, it's over.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Abaloth, it's over. Like What remains several, of Dala's sanity? Yeah. This negotiation between Dala and the this restraint from Dala, <laughs> it's over. Everything that has been taming and reigning in the narrative so far, it's over. Yeah. Abaloth is dead. Dalla takes another loss. And Luke, Ben, and the Sith are still searching for answers. Any guesses going forward, Tim?
1: Um, No, the bad guy's dead. I have nothing. Right?
0: Zero. But maybe she wasn't the main bad guy. And maybe the Sith are. Yeah. Which is why we are reinforcing that alliance moving forward. Or I, I don't know.
1: I got nothing. That, that that I can say, you know what? That's a probable Let direction. Me, let's
0: run through the list of characters real quick. And tell me what you think they're doing next. Luke and Ben and Vistara. What are they doing next?
1: Uh... Well, Ben and Vistar are gonna get in some sort of trouble and have to go or Luke's gonna get in trouble and Ben and Vistar are gonna have to go and find him. Sure. That's what that's that's what's going on. What with about them. Jaina
0: now that she's headed back to Coruscant where she doesn't know the Jedi Temple is under siege by Mandalorians?
1: Yeah, she's gonna head into a firefight of right. some kind.
0: Right. What about Han and Leia? Who've just been kind of absent for the last 10 chapters or so hiding medicine on mice and sneaking. them. In uh, yes. I'm very much, I don't know as much as any book that we finished, this is the most, I don't want to say aimless and directionless. Cause that sounds like a condescending judgmental. I don't, I don't mean it in a negative way. But this is the most untethered I've ever felt at the end of one of these books. Yeah, the most open I at the end. I don't know of it. what's happening next. Yeah. The big bad guy is dead in book 5 and we got four more to go. Ben and Vestara are over in book 5 and we got four more to go. <laughs> There's tons of mystery to still be discovered about Beyond Shadows and what Abeloth was
1: or I is, don't know. Or is she dead?
0: I got some questions oh. though. Okay. Where's ship? Mm -hmm. And let me pose this theory to you. Was he empty? Who killed Buatu? Was it the moths? Was it the mandos? And where is Zach? (laughs) Find out next week. As we review *Fate of the Jedi, Book 5, Allies, and we preview Book 6, Vortex. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. Who dies next? Good question. For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com forever canon podcast is a jay plazer production catch us on facebook instagram twitch twitter and youtube at jay Blazer. check us out